It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you from a uh, wonderful Corner of the Galaxy studios on Monday, April 11th. LA Galaxy get a 2-1 win over visiting LAFC. Uh, It was wacky. It was wild. It had everything you wanted in a rivalry game. Uh, Galaxy got out to an early lead, maybe a little late collapse. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about the controversy that was allowed there, too, at the, at the end. Talk about referees' decisions, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, let's see. We also got some events coming up, something that you need to know about. So we're going to talk about that coming up at the very beginning as well. Get you through some stats, show you where the LA Galaxy are. Second in the Western Conference, third in the Supporter Shield, just in case you didn't know. To help me do all that. He's at a hotel, but he's not outside of Los Angeles. That's always fun. Uh, welcome back to the show, Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? Yeah, and I'm here not because I'm having a fight with my wife. I, I have a very early flight in the morning. In fact, I'll probably start nodding off during the podcast, which I guess people are familiar with already. By the way, you are really not in the corner of the, gal- uh, corner of the Galaxy Studios. You're in your bedroom. It's which not, I guess is better than being in your parents' basement. Which is exactly false. It's not my bedroom. It's not my oh. bedroom. I don't sleep in this bedroom. So it is It is our spare bedroom. Or as you say, it's Murphy's bedroom. Um, so, Murphy's bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because it's got the Murphy bed in it. So, um, By the way, before we talk about how the game was in a very Hollywood ending decided on a TV screen, um, we should talk about we feasted before the game. We oh, had we we so did we oh, so man. had some good food. First of all, pupusas because yes, um, I had one. Yeah, you had one. I had three. I bought one for Sophie. She had the fourth one. So Sophie had some. You had some, uh, and then and, and that was everybody over at Afja. And we've talked about them a million times. But please go support them and and get their pupusas and everything. It was it is, ooh, it was amazing. That, that's always good. And then we were invited over. Uh, to go see vegan hooligans, the food truck that was right next to the after truck, because um, Kevin is a vegetarian, uh, and he. So I was I was conversing with uh, with the head of the the vegan hooligan food truck there and saying, hey, you know, I go, I know Kevin's a vegan, so I'm sure he'd love to come over. And so you got what did you get exactly? Amazing! It was a patty melt. It was incredible. No animals were hurt in the making of that sandwich. Um, it was amazing. It was it was heavenly. It was to die for. It was orgasmic. Was it now? Well, can we say that? Can yeah, you, say that you, you can. Show? I mean, you know, yeah. we we might have to put it like for science, scientific purposes. That's what it was. Um, yeah. If, if anyone's listening to this pod in Florida, probably 
DeSantis probably bleeped that out. Yeah, it, we, we, we aren't shown in Florida for that reason. Actually, I, I know that. No, no stats from Florida come in from that way. Um, no, so uh, it looked amazing. I had a couple French fries I stole from you. Um, and uh, yeah, there was just, I don't know. I felt like we needed to be rolled out of there at halftime because I, I was I, stuffed. I couldn't. I came downstairs to meet uh, the Josh Gisman fan club at halftime, but I barely made it down the stairs and back. Oof, I know. Lots of tough. lots of work. So that was excellent. Before we get too far as well, want to wish a very happy birthday to one of our favorite listeners, uh, Carrie. I think Carrie's turning 70 years old. He said 70. I said he didn't look a day over 60. Um, so he's taking that, I, I believe. But his birthday is coming coming up this week. So uh, a very happy birthday to uh, to Carrie. And look, look, Kevin, um, if you're on the video part of this podcast, um, I even I got some monsters out that say happy birthday. I just I figured that was appropriate. I don't know. I it was quick. And what city is that supposed to be? L.A. behind you? I, that's Monstropolis. I'm pretty sure. That's oh, okay. that's what I, I think they're trying to like rip off Disney. If I if I'm really being you know accurate on that. So um, yeah. So so happy birthday, Carrie. We saw Carrie at halftime, and then Carrie sent me a long, very nice note after the game. Talked about how, when the apparent game tying goal was scored, he said all the LAFC supporters in his section just went crazy, and they were taunting Galaxy fans, saying, "You know, they you know, in your face. We took a point. We got the point." And then when it was overturned, they all had to, <laughs> uh, they, they all had to be subject to ire from the uh, Galaxy supporters. I mean, sort of that retribution. I mean, what a turn. What a turn of events there at the end. I know that there were some uh, there were some anecdotal uh, stories in our Discord as well that said that some of the LAFC fans were like, it was 2-2, and as soon as it was 2-2, they just started to leave. They're like, all right, good game. You know, we drew the whole deal. And then, like, as they walk up the steps, it gets overturned, and then they lose, and everybody's like, nope, you lost. Have a nice day. It was it was, it was Chicharito interesting. even talked about that. Chicharito talked about, he said, they, they were celebrating, and we were sad, and then the referee looked at the video and then they were sad and, and we, were we were celebrating. celebrating. It was, it was quite, quite the roller coaster of emotions. Um, yeah, it was, it was nuts. It was nuts in the press box too. Can we just say that it was nuts? It was nuts in the press box trying to figure that out too. Um, we've told this before, but as you're writing Kevin, in order to turn in on deadline, you have to have like 90% of your story done whenever the game is over. Right. And a lot of times you turn something in immediately after the game is over and then go back and add quotes to it later. Right. Correct. Yeah. Well, and something like that changed their, it changes the records, right? But it also changes the significance. Like, um, you know, Galaxy, you know, LAFC is lost for the first time in the season. No, they hadn't, and then they had, and you know, it changes the significance of of exactly what the meaning of the game is. And and Jonathan Bott had a great game, and and you know, only gave up one goal. Oh, no, he oh, gave up two. Yeah. It was it was a lot. I know it was one of those. And we were trying to figure out what was going on before we get too far. By the way, I need to stop. Stop the stop the show. We're not going to talk about the game yet. Um, I want to remind everybody and I want to tell you officially I got official word today that we have been quote unquote added to the docket for the LA Galaxy's block party at the LA Galaxy Sports Complex in Torrance. That's 555 Maple Avenue, Torrance, California. Uh, there's a ribbing cutting ceremony that's going to take place. Youth clinics and us COG live show. We're going to go from 330 to 430 p.m. Uh, right now I have myself, uh, you, Kevin. We have Christian Miles and Sophie is tentative but is planning on being there because she's getting ready to go to England. Um, in that next couple of days after that. So she didn't know how busy she's going to be. But we're going to try to get her there just for that amount of time so we can talk to her a little bit um, and do it. So I'm hoping, listen, I know it's a Saturday. I know that maybe you had some plans because it's, you know, sort of the Easter weekend and stuff. But we're hoping you come out there and at least hang out with us for an hour. Um, I don't know. 
I, I don't know how the setup is going to be. Uh, I've asked for all the things that we need. We were told that we have that. So I, I'm, I'm expecting that we're going to go have fun. And not only that, but we basically get to lead you up to the start of the viewing party, which starts at, you know, five, which is when that game is, um, and then goes to seven. I think what's going to happen to Kevin is we're going to have to sit there and watch the game because we're going to have to watch it afterwards so that we can cover it, right? You know, or at least I do. I have to cover it. So I'm going to I'm going to be there for the watch party so I can watch it. Then I'm going to have to go jump into the press conference probably in my car in order to be able to ask my questions and do the stuff that I need to do. And then at least right now, I'm planning on driving over to the stadium because LA Galaxy 2 is playing at 730. So I figured if I'm up there and I'm doing it, and my wife already gave me a hall pass, then I am going to I'm going to go up there and, and do that, too. So we'll see if all of that happens. But that's that's sort of the plan. So please go out there. Kevin will be there. Um, he'll sign anything you want, uh, especially Absolutely. especially your chest. Uh, only for the guys, though. Um, so uh, he'll be out there for sure. We can we can have some fun um, and and we'll, we'll we'll rock and roll. Yes, bring your stuff if you want us to sign it. Um, we'll try to find some stuff to give away and, and do some stuff. I don't know. Listen, last minute, I'm trying to throw everything apart. I would like everybody to know, Kevin, I ordered Corner of the Galaxy polos for every, any, every one of our co-hosts um, are all included in there. And then I also ordered a Corner of the Galaxy Easy Up. You know, the little tents, the 10 by 10 tents that pop up and it says Corner yeah. of the Galaxy on it. It has a thing. None of those will be here on Saturday, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, but, but I well, did. Thanks for telling us that. Yeah, I was I was going to I was going to say, I'm, are, are you buying the beers? Um, I am probably won't even do that. I doubt it. I'll be very busy. So um, it's good. Hopefully we can get everybody there. We'll see um, and and go for it. And then there's a watch party there. So it should be good. And I believe this is the first game on Spectrum, even though there, there's been no announcement yet. So we'll see if that ends up happening the way that it's supposed to uh, happen or if there's a hiccup and it ends up being like broadcast on LAGalaxy.com or something. That could happen, too. Who knows? That um, could be an interesting game. Chicago is playing well. They've they've only scored five goals in six games, but they've only given up two. They've only given up two best in the uh, best in the in uh, major MLS. league soccer. Yeah, um, crazy. So that game uh, kicks off at five oh eight p.m. If you're wondering about the kickoff, five oh eight p.m., which is definitely a local broadcast kickoff time, um, and that's on Saturday, April sixteenth. It's from five, basically five to seven, is when all of that takes place. Viewing party and then the block party beforehand again, um, can sort of put you in there. Uh, it starts at 3 p.m. Our live show will go about 3.30, so we'll be there it for about an hour. It could be cold there. At Soldier Field, right right on the lake, it could be kind of chilly. It might be windy. I've heard they've called that place the Windy City. That's just uh, inside, uh, insight into my travels. Oh. I, just, I didn't know if people knew that. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't, I know you've never heard that before. Um, all right, you want to talk about the game? Now, well, what's there to say? I, I mean, what happened? <laughs> I, I, I would like to preface this by saying... I think we're getting used to wackiness being part of these games, right? Like there's something. It started with, it yeah. started with Zlatan, the yeah. very first game. And it wasn't just, you remember Zlatan's first goal was crazy, but then the game winning goal was nuts too. I mean, that, that and, and Vela had two goals in that game. There was an own goal. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff. And LAFC came into that game unbeaten too. Yeah. And it's just gone ever since then. We had, Zalatan's last game in MLS was against LAFC. It was a playoff game. We had a Zalatan hat trick beating a brace from Vela. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just been crazy games. I mean, and, and then there was the game in Florida, oh, it's six to one. Yeah, I think it was. six two. I think is, yeah. Where Rossi had a hat trick. I mean, it was. It's just every game has been memorable. There were even the you think about the two to nothing game after MLS is back, which is the first game back from from COVID right, right. live. Right. 
And that was the game where uh, Carlos Vela tore a ligament in his knee. Yep. So you think, oh, two nothing, nothing happened in that game. No, it, it ended LAFC season essentially. Yeah. It, I mean, there's crazy. I mean, I even go back to like you look at games, even whenever it looks like one team is definitely going to win, that like something happens and a mistake happens that causes that not to happen, right? Because there was the time uh, I can't believe I, I think it was the goalkeeper who passed the ball directly to Ola Kamara with like just a couple minutes left, and Ola Kamara ran in and scored a goal, and that ended up tying the game. It was like a for sure win for LAFC and they gave it away at the end. So there's been, it's been nuts. There's always sort of these little twists and turns uh, that happen. I, is there any, you were saying that, that the galaxy have not lost now since what? 20, 2020, I think October 25th, 2020. That's my quick math. I got it off of a graphic uh, and I looked at it and it looks correct. Um, and October 25th, 2020, that is the COVID year. That was MLS's back year. Um, but this is at the end of the season. So it was a 2 nothing win at Bank of California Stadium for LAFC. Uh, and then the next game they played was a 2-1 win for the Galaxy in, in May of 2021. Then a 3-3 draw at Bank of California Stadium on August 28th, 2021. And then a 1-1 draw at home for the LA Galaxy at the end of 2021 in October. And then there was this game. So that that seems like that is is lining up. So the LA Galaxy haven't lost to uh, to LAFC since it since October of 2020. And even that two nothing game, there's a a lot of memorable stuff happened in there because that was one of Guillermo Barcelona's last home games. Maybe it might have been his last game ever. Um, Chicharito did not play that game. That was the game where he got benched and Vela scored a goal, came off the bench. So you had both Chicharito and Vela on the bench for that game to start. Chicharito never got off the bench. Um, so you look, it's a two nothing game in front of nobody. There were no fans there because of COVID. And yet you can look at that game and say all these interesting, memorable things happened. I remember that game and how wacky that game was too. Well, because we, we were there in the stadium and we were like, what is, go- this is a weird game. Like you just, yeah. th- these things never go the way that they, that I think they're going to. I gave LAFC a big chance of finally beating the LA Galaxy at Dignity Health Sports Park. I thought this was the year I watched how they played in some of these games. Now I was critical because I thought they hadn't played anybody yet. Really, you look at Orlando as probably their toughest game, which was the one that they played, you know, over in Orlando, and they won four to two, and they scored two second half goals. They looked really good, four to two, and you're looking at that. And then you'd have to go back to maybe the only other team that you're saying is probably, and really the standings don't even prove this out right now, is Portland. And they came back to tie Portland at home. They were at home in stoppage time. In stoppage time, but Portland had ten guys for a lot of that that game. So like that wasn't exactly a, you know, one of those that you hang up there and say, oh, well, that was a great performance. So um, I think they've been beating up on some of the also rans at the at the bottom of the 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 lineup while the Galaxy have been sort of playing all the best teams uh, or supposedly the best teams. New York City, when we talk about that, they played Portland full strength. Um, so there, there's all these like things that sort of come in. Actually, that's not even true. They got a red card. There was a red card in that Portland game. The Galaxy ended up winning up in Portland. So, I mean, there's all these little things that you try to put into perspective whenever they come into this, Kevin. And I just didn't expect that the Galaxy would have so much success early in this game. Let me uh, let me start with a, a graphic, and I'm going to ask you if this means anything, uh, and you can tell me if it if it does or not. Galaxy win two to one. Two to one. Uh, LA Galaxy score. Get this, Kevin. In the 13th minute, one three, and then they score in the 31st minute, three one. Right, 31 one three. Is that? I mean, that feels like tinfoil hat conspiracy time, doesn't it? Well, and then you add LAFC's goal in the 79th minute, and nine is. Three times, times three. three. Oh, see, I mean, there is something to be said here. Uh, Chicharito opens and two to one adds up to, to what three, Kevin. It adds up to three. Wow. We have cracked the code 
we will now find uh, the 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 uh, what was it the document the independence uh, yeah, the Declaration of Independence and there's a map on the back. I was trying to give a good Nicolas Cage reference in there and uh, it didn't work. So that's okay. Um, so that's what we have in this. Uh, I would like to point out once again the LA Galaxy put out a very bad lineup graphic. Uh, we're going to continue to point this out, but lucky for me, uh, armchair analyst Ottoman, uh, it's at Doyle Step on Me uh, on Twitter, keeps track of all the grades for these lineup graphics. And the LA Galaxy, once again, get an F minus minus for their horrible lineup graphic that just lists players, uh, doesn't list the bench, um, and doesn't put them in any type of formation. Uh, and this this wonderful Twitter account has, therefore, Kevin, find the LA Galaxy $100,000. Uh, they have no enforcement mechanism on that, but I do appreciate the fact that they are attempting to hold the LA Galaxy's feet to the fire for poor lineup graphics. And unless everybody else gets on this bandwagon of mine, Kevin, and starts complaining, because I'll tell you right now, they're never going to change it just because I complain. Uh, I just I'm a complainer. That's what I do about lineup graphics. And I'm I'm deadly against whatever they're thinking about doing with these list graphics and not showing a bench and then embedding the image in a link, which I've never liked. Right. So. All that stuff there. Uh, seeing, so if you complain, then maybe they might do something because they're certainly not going to complain because I do something. Are you upset about the lineup graphics as much as I am, Kevin? No. Yeah. Everybody just everyone runs around when the ball's kicked anyway, so it doesn't matter where they start. <laughs> All right, Bruce. You know, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce Arena said doesn't really matter, uh, but you know, it, it 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 is interesting in this game though because one of the reasons you and I both thought that perhaps LAFC had maybe an advantage coming into the game was because of the lineup graphic, which is the Galaxy didn't have a midfield, and LAFC's midfield is really, really, really deep and strong and good. Yeah, uh, we do get one from MLS. And by the way, I do have to say, this is probably the most accurate MLS lineup graphic I've seen on the LA Galaxy side, like, ever. Um, they have Chicharito up top. They have Grand Sur on the left. They have Vasquez in the center. Alvarez on the right-hand side. Ryan Revelison is one of the defensive midfielders. And then Kelvin Leardam slides into the Mark Delgado uh, uh, place there. So we had that. Um, and then there's Edwards um, and Derek Williams and Sega Koulibaly and Julian Araujo. And Julian Araujo got a start. We didn't know if he was going to start. Uh, that was a question mark. But with Leardam sliding up, it made sense for Julian Araujo to be in there. And then, of course, you have uh, Mr. Jonathan Bond back there. What would you, you think of the lineup? Uh, I, I'm glad that they finally acknowledged it's a 4-2-3-1. I think they've been sort of fighting that, not wanting to acknowledge that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and and uh, I thought maybe Efren Alvarez, a little bit of a surprise, but I guess um, uh, Kerbal, uh, is he in the doghouse? Was he benched, or did they just think that Efrain was the better option? Yeah, I, I will say when, when we asked, or at least I asked, I asked the LA Galaxy and said, uh, you know, is, is Cabral hurt, or is that a coach's decision? And the assumption was being that they knew of no injury, that it was a coach's decision and it ended up being that uh, he did come into this game uh, and I think played like the last 30 minutes of it or something around that. We'll get to the to the exact lineups and or the exact times when everybody moved in and moved out. Um, I would like to point out, Kevin, there was a, an opening, you know, sort of sequence for all of this that included fireworks, as we're very well used to, um, but included something I was not prepared for because nobody told me. I don't know if I missed the memo or if the LA Galaxy were just trying to keep a lid on it. But there was a helicopter flyover, Kevin. We don't often get helicopter flyovers for games, do we? This is, I mean. No, it, it, it was kept secret because that wasn't a flyover. Those helicopters were on their way to Afghanistan or uh, to Ukraine. No. 
No, and that's, we weren't supposed to know about it. Uh, those those helicopters can't fly that fly, fly that well, far. They wouldn't. They would load them in the back of well, like C five galaxies. That's why. That's why I thought we didn't know about it. Okay. Well, I was just saying there was there was the flyover. The helicopters came over in the three ship formation and sort of slowly came over. And I didn't know about it until I saw like shadows across the field because our press box view uh, missed most of that until they sort of shimmied their way diagonally across the stadium. So um, it was pretty cool. Where was Malia Emma? We have to get no. her back. Nope. Apparently not. Apparently, I, I, I think she's she's old enough now. She's probably out on dates. That's what I think. I think she's too busy for singing now. Um, she's got a career. Um, and I think she's a high-powered lawyer. That's what I always figured that she looked like. She was she's she's a boss lady. I that girl's gonna go far. So I think maybe she had to stop singing. She had to litigate in court. Uh, she had dates to go on. I feel because she's that old now. So. Um, yeah, I was, it was really interesting though, to see the flower, the, the, and the, and the anthem was perfectly fine. Although every time the anthem goes, I expect Larry, uh, to be next to me, giving me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I literally like turned to my side. Is like, anybody going to give me a thumbs up or thumbs down on, uh, on, uh, on anthems? And it was perfectly acceptable, but I'm but always, yeah. You upgraded your neighbors. <laughs> I mean, I got to sit next to you. I don't know if that's, that's an upgrade. What I mean. No, yeah. that, that was, that was definitely not an upgrade. That was the. That was the get downgrade part of that. All right. I allowed you to steal some fries. <laughs> you did. You did. But that was that was in, you know, that was when I chose to sit next to you. Um, all right. Here we go. LA Galaxy start this game, come out very well. We, we talk about the formation and, and sort of how it has to sit and what Leardam had to do as well. Um, and I think if we're going to go through the first about 60 minutes of this game, I don't think you're going to be upset really about how the LA Galaxy played. They were not going to be able to hold possession, Kevin. They were not going to be able to do the thing they normally do, which is pass the ball around and tire people out. They were going to have to be clinical with their strikes. They were going to have to take their opportunities well. And they did all that. They did not create a whole bunch of chances. And they capitalized on two of the ones that really that they had. Um, I think when we look at this, the overarching view for me, and certainly when I was talking to some of the players afterwards, I, was, I, mean, I think I was throwing this in there to sort of ask what they, they thought. And I think they agree with me, which is, there were a bunch of max effort guys out there in this game. This was one of those games, Kevin, where tactics kind of get thrown out the window. Uh, this is one of those games where it's just who wants it more. Um, and I think Chicharito wanted it. I think, you know, you look at a guy like Derek Williams who came up cramping. Uh, you look like a guy Chicharito was cramping at one point as well. You look at Sam Grandseer, a guy who had absolutely his best game as an LA Galaxy player, had two assists the first time he's ever had two assists for an LA Galaxy or for the LA Galaxy in the same game. Um, and I don't think those were the two most important plays that he had. The most important play he had was sprinting about 75 yards to track down Carlos Vela, who finally gets the ball in an open spot, which, by the way, I think was offside and probably would have gotten called back. Um, and he slide tackles him at the top of the box and Vela turns around and looks at everybody like, why didn't you tell me he was coming? It's like, Carlos, is the is the is the timer not going off in your head about you knew what you think you just had like space forever? Um, so I thought that was an unbelievable play. People were saying that it reminds them of whenever our, our Rafael Garcia tracked all the way back, I think against the Portland Timbers and Rafa was on Twitter saying, yeah, yeah. But the pr difference here is that like in that game, Rafa gave up the ball and then chased it all the way back down because he was cleaning up his own mistake. And in this case, Grand Sur is like, there's problems here and I need to start running and I need to go. And so he just kept going and going and going, and he tackled Vela at the top of the box, which, by the way, overall, Vela was kept in people's pockets for most of the night. But having said all that, how the, how the Galaxy, you thought the Galaxy dominated the first 60 minutes, it was two to nothing. It could have been three to two, uh, LAFC. 
Carlos Vela, a wide open net hits the post. Yes. I don't know what was wrong with that. That was that then was Revelison. So Revelison got his pocket picked on a back press by Blessing, I believe, on that one, right? And so Blessing picked his pocket and then the ball went to Vela. Vela comes out. You know who I credit with that? I've told you, I think I've told you who I credit with sort of throwing that off was Jonathan Bond. As soon as he saw that Vela was going to get that ball, dead sprint towards him to try to cut off that angle. And I think maybe whenever Vela looked up and saw that Bond was already right there, it forced him a little bit wide. But it was an 18-foot wide open net that uh, that he he's the all-time MLS single season scoring leader. He should have scored. Then there were the two offside ones, one more obvious than the other, both probably correct calls. But border, I mean, talk about I, the first I, one though. What I'm saying is is with a little bit of luck, LAFC could have had the Carlos Vela hat trick already. You know, they were they were called for offside nine times, and you and I were talking about this earlier. I, I'm still kind of grappling with what that means. Did the Galaxy have some sort of you know, offside uh, press trap, going trap, on? Yeah. Uh, offside trap? Or, or was Carlos Vela's timing just off? Because he, he was responsible for a lot of those offside calls. I would love to say that the LA Galaxy defense was like trapping these guys. I don't think there was a trap on. I think that there was timing was off. I think the timing off was off for LAFC the whole time. The, the one that he scored, and I think it was right after the 13th minute goal by Chicharito, it was like in the 17th minute is whenever Vela, I think, heads that ball in on a set piece. Um, and Vela gets to it, and he heads it into the back of the net. And what happened in that immediately was that the linesman raised the flag. So there's a lot of misinformation out there that VAR somehow overturned that call or or didn't or, or didn't take a look at they it. They never checked. They, they ne never checked. Well, they did check. They absolutely do check. They always they check every goal. I don't know why people have a hard time understanding this. They check every goal. They well, checked the referee it. did the referee didn't correct was not to go. Along. A review was not suggested, and the reason a review was not suggested is because when you, I've watched that replay three or four times, it looks really close. I don't know if he's onside or offside, but you know who raised his flag? The linesman. So if that flag goes up in that particular case, and you're looking at that, and you look at that video and say, was he onside? Maybe he was really close. Like it's really, really, really close. Close, but he may have been offside too, especially knowing that there's an angle in there. And so what is VAR supposed to do in these cases? It's supposed to not touch it, right? So they didn't touch it and they let it stand because the referee has probably a better angle than, than the video in this particular case because he's at least looking down the line. So now if he doesn't raise this flag, by the way, 100% a goal. Nobody's overturning that because it's too close. Again, you look at it and it does. So I thought they were 100% correct on that. I didn't have any issues with that whatsoever. The, the other one, I think the offside was more obvious, but before anyone starts getting into some conspiracy theory, those two offside calls that wiped out goals, I mean, the ball made it to the back of the net, and then there was a, a flag that went up. Those were different uh, assistant referees. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like it was one guy out to get LAFC. Let, let's talk about the over, like sort of the, the thousand foot view of the game too, which is Chris Penso didn't have a good game. I don't think he had a good game, but he didn't make either of those offside calls. He didn't make any offside calls. That wasn't he, his job. He, I thought he struggled to get control of the game. It got a little physical. I wouldn't say chippy uh, because I think it was – there's a difference between chippy and physical in my mind. Chippy is sometimes a little bit um, um, over the top, a little bit uh, you know, pushing the, the envelope a little bit of what's legal and what's not. This was just hard physical play, but – especially at the end of the game with the emotions and everything else. I think Chris Penso was trying to get control of it. He gave, I think six yellow cards uh, after the 85th minute. Yeah, I think you're right on that. But uh, let's, let's say, so overall there were how many yellow cards were there? 10 given out? I think 10, 10. 10. Yeah, 10. seven to the galaxy, seven to the LA galaxy. Uh, there and, were and the two, two of the ones given to LAFC were in stoppage time. So it was seven to one. Well, yeah, I, I guess Chicharito got his, 
in regulation. It yep. was seven to one in yellow cards heading into stoppage time. Yeah, and, and you know that's that's it was it was seemed a little lopsided in that. I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you, we watched a game against Portland and we saw how the referee didn't have control of it and how that that game devolved into chaos. I think you got a little bit of that, not to the same extent. Uh, because I think Penso did an okay job, but he was clearly trying to protect some people too. And like Chicharito gets protected, very much so. Chicharito gets protected. Uh, Vela gets protected, very much gets protected. Both of those guys can get whisper fouls and they and they blow the whistle on them and it happens all the time. I understand that. That's fine. Um, Julian Araujo picked up a yellow card that I'm not sure he earned, but Julian has a reputation now that if he goes to ground and somebody falls and rolls around, he's going to get a yellow card. So that's sort of his own doing. I have no problems with that. Uh, Chicharito getting the yellow card on the bench was fun. Uh, did you did you go back and see uh, his his post game, Kevin? Because I know you were trying to. Yeah, cover- well, that's where he said all I asked was to, I just told the official to do his job. Yes, and I'm out of the game. Yes. I'm not even in the game. Yes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, he goes. I said, do your job. He goes, I didn't swear. I didn't do anything. He goes, and he says, officials need to stop, you know, ruling with emotion. They have to be the most level headed of us all. I'm paraphrasing a lot of that, but if you want to. Um, which I always suggest you do. You can always go to our YouTube channel or on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I did post the full media call. Um, so you get it just like we heard it. It's I, I changed nothing. I even put it in the order people speak because sometimes that matters when the question is asked. Like sometimes uh, I'll ask Greg a question and then I'll go and I'll listen to what he says. And then I want to ask Raheem a question that sort of plays off of that. You need to know that that question came first. That way you can put everything into context. Um, you know what the, the best yellow card of the game was? Which one? Christian Arango in the and the tenth minute of stoppage time after the the blessing goal was was disallowed, exactly. or arguing with Penso. Now I don't know whether he believed or, or or didn't believe the call, but if you're the team that loses the goal at that point, you got to just let the referee have a piece of your mind. And and I think he deserved the yellow card, and I think he probably wanted it just to say, look, I'm going to register my disappointment in this call. And I'm going to tell you that we should have tied this game. I'm going to, re- I want to register. I want to form, sir, excuse me, sir. I want excuse to formally me. register my disappointment. May I speak to the manager immediately? <laughs> I would like to write a letter uh, to the manager. Now, that should have been Carlos Vela, who has the armband and may have had a little bit more leeway because he had the armband. But it was Arango that went in and argued with Penso and wound up getting the yellow card. Totally appropriate. And I, and I, I bet you Chris Penso would say the same thing. I knew he had to come in, I knew I had to give him a yellow. And everything's fine. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. I, I did the chat room did point out the craziest yellow card of all was given to Efrain Alvarez, who slipped on the field, rolled over top of the ball, and then clambered into somebody. It's like a foul, but it's not a yellow card. You can't give a yellow card. Like if somebody slips and falls down, and somebody runs into them after they've fallen down, is that is that a foul? It it could be, but it's not a yellow card. So uh, Julian, or excuse me, Efrain Alvarez got a yellow card in that game. Um, yeah, it, listen, this was not, and, and I said, you know, I can't say, let me go back and retract some statement. The galaxy certainly didn't dominate for 60 minutes. They hung in there well for 60 minutes until basically they started to, um, to, to, uh, have to make some changes. Right. And Greg Vanny had to use all five subs. We don't often see Vanny use all five and certainly not all five before like the very end of the game, right? I mean, the last subs that the LA Galaxy made were in the 77th minute. There were still 13 minutes plus another 10. Uh, So 23 minutes left in this game whenever uh, Vanny had to make these subs. The reason he made these subs in this game is simply because the LA Galaxy could not handle what LAFC were bringing anymore because of the formation, because of the things that were happening, because Delgado's not there to distribute and hold the ball and 
cutoff runs in the middle. Kelvin Leardam did an excellent job, Kevin. Absolutely excellent filling in for um, for for uh, Mark Delgado. Excellent job. You couldn't have asked him to do any more than that. I doubt he plays, uh, you know, central defensive midfielder all that much. It's not like that's his position. He's more of a CB, a center back, than he is, you know, a CDM. And so for him to go in there and play there, I thought he had some amazing tackles in the first half. I thought he did a good job of breaking up plays. He did everything you wanted him to do. Um, and then eventually there just wasn't enough go left in anybody's body in the center of that field anymore. Victor Vasquez had to come out, you know, Sasha question even comes in and just couldn't match the intensity of, of sort of where that, where, where that game was going either. So Vanny had to make all five subs in order to hold on to that game. And he had guys cramping and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And that's where this sort of max effort idea comes in. Look at guys like Sam Grant's here running, sprinting, diving, doing anything he can to get in the way um, and cause problems. He had two assists on the day. His second assist, listen, was a lucky one, but he put the ball in a good spot. Uh, Sega Koulibaly scoring. His, if you had that one on your bingo card, did you think Sega was going to score the game-winning goal, Kevin? It was, did you, is that who you had marked down? Actually, the game-winning play, though, goes to Raheem Edwards because if he doesn't clear that ball off the line when Bond and Arango collided, remember that it, I, I don't think anyone actually hit the ball. I rolled toward the goal line. Raheem Edwards was trailing the play followed the ball to the goal line, cleared it off inches before it crossed the goal line. If that hadn't happened, Lutique Blessing's goal and stoppage time would have been the game winner, not just one that might have tied the game. Yeah. Um, I, I and mean, Raheem Edwards also picked up a hockey assist his fifth of the year and leads the league in that category. Chicharito uh, leads leads the league or tied for the league in, in goals. And and now you have um, Raheem Edwards who leads the league in assists. And you have Sam Granser who has three assists and is up there on that list as well. Well, and, and, and Chicharito's tied with Brandon Vasquez of Cincinnati. Um, but why you were talking about substitutions? Philosophical question. This may sound really stupid, but I've always wondered. Now, especially since you have five substitutions, I know you only have three windows, but five substitutions. In a game like this, um, when your goalie's already been kind of smoked twice, mm -hmm. why would you not hold off one substitute and one substitution window for a goalkeeper, if you lose your goalkeeper in a game like this with 13 minutes to go, that's deadly. Yeah, they didn't. Why have, wouldn't you not hold, hold, hold I, for that? I don't think Vanny had a choice. Listen, I think I think the guys. No, in this in this instance, he didn't you're have a choice. Right. But in a yeah. general, yes, in a general, you, game, you might hold. Game, yes, like, yes, but you also have to assume that that rarely happens, right? And right. So, so like it's one of those things where it's like you're never going to just sit on four and just never make that sub or, or make it really late. Vanny didn't have a choice. And it was because they were getting overrun is because guys were not able to keep up. Vasquez, I don't think, could have gone much longer. And certainly when Clushin came in, the Galaxy had a problem through the middle. Um, that's not a surprise. And I don't think anybody's surprised about that. Um, you know, you just Araujo coming out um, was was a little bit of surprise. Um, you know, just I don't know. I felt like Vanny didn't have much choice. And we talk about the depth of the LA Galaxy. Um, and it just, it, it didn't make a whole bunch of sense for me in, in some of these. Um, and so, you know, Clushin comes in in the 60th minute. Araujo goes off in the 60th minute. Now, Araujo was on a yellow card, right? So they were worried about possibly going down to a red card as well. So I can sort of get that. But in this case, Araujo still has legs in this game, right? I mean, he's one of the few guys who does have legs and you put in somebody like Sasha Kleshin, which moved Leardam back into the right back spot. And now all of a sudden the midfield gets really slow. Um, and listen, Kleshin was not up to the task in this game. And I don't know that you could have asked, but they don't have anybody else to go to in that particular case that but they're going to go to. Sasha hadn't trained for a while. He, yes. he, he was sidelined. Uh, 
do, do uh, he was in the the league protocol. We assume it was COVID. I don't know that that's been announced yet, but well, um, well we were told he was asymptomatic. That usually uh, that's something we only talk about with COVID. So your assumption is probably correct, but it's yeah, an assumption. He, HIPAA HIPAA guidelines. Um, but you know, yes, he probably was fit, but he hadn't trained. So there's a little bit. You know, it was a hot day. You know, Steve Chirendola, the LAFC coach, talked in his post game press conference about. The fact that so many guys on both teams were, as you as you mentioned, were, were were tight and were cramping, he attributed it not to the weather or anything else. He attributed it to the fact that it was a derby and everybody was just going crazy, just yep. like you said, just going nonstop, yep. just very high work rate, and guys were were pushing the envelope and and really kind of redlining. Um, yeah, and one of those guys is Raheem Edwards, by the way. Uh, who who said in the post game he goes he goes I was the last fifteen minutes I was dead right the guy had put in quite a shift again and he has um, this entire season but Raheem Edwards there's going to be a criticism at the end of at the end of this little talk that I'm about to give about Raheem Edwards so it's not all rosy but good lord what is it with this guy and Greg Vanny he had in his first year and he even talked about it his rookie year in 2017 he played for Greg Vanny in Toronto he had six assists in that year. Uh, I didn't play a lot. I think he only played 14 games. Right. And he said that basically he was a rookie and he didn't really understand how to make it all the way through the season. And so he like gave, basically was spent by the you know middle of the season and couldn't really go anymore. And that's what you learn as a rookie is sort of how to do this. And so um, I'm, I'm asking, you know, what's different? He's like, you know, Greg just lets me do what I need to do. And, and Greg was talking about uh, Raheem, too. And uh, he was very pointed. He goes, you know, at the baseline, at the very minimum, Raheem Edwards is a competitor. He goes, and he will compete just every minute of every game, and he's never going to give up that comp- that competitive sort of attitude. And what a fun guy to talk to as well. I'm just, I'm so impressed with what he's able to do, the smarts and the positioning. And the, he says that he works on his defensive positioning like every single week, and he wants to get better at that because he thinks that's the one thing that is sort of still missing um, the whole deal. The only criticism I have, and he had, and Jonathan Bond even pointed to him, he goes, he, he almost scored the, the goal of the year twice in that game. He goes, if he could have just put it in the back of the net, um, is to shoot the ball. I want Raheem Edwards, Kevin, to be ready to, to shoot because I feel a lot of times he's doing these plays and he, he, he likes to drive interior, right? So he'll start on the outside. Somebody will come in and try to cut him off from going to the outside and he'll take that inside lane, which by the way, people should stop giving him any sort of inside lane. It's probably a bad thing. And he has the technical ability and the speed to be able to open up space and drive through multiple players. We saw him drive through two or three LAFC players en route to the box. And then the last one would have been an amazing goal, by the way. Uh, you know, he drove through another three or four LAFC players, gets into the box, but then never has an idea of what to do whenever he gets in the box. I always feel like he's looking for that pass to lay it off. And it's like, dude, you just passed everybody. You need to get ready to shoot the ball. So if there's any sort of criticism here, it's that kind sir, again, we'll be, ju- we'll, we'll be nice today. Kind sir, Mr. Raheem Edwards, sir, please shoot the ball whenever you get into the box. And I think Galaxy fans would, would get behind that. Well, I... But it's understandable. His job is to bring the ball up. That's the, you know, and and to cross the ball and to sit guys up. And he's done that very well with the five assists. Just like a point guard in basketball, or you know, a, a, you know, there's players in hockey. Their job is to bring the the puck up the ice and give it to the guys who score. And and maybe Raheem Edwards is kind of still grappling with that. Um, like, 
can I? Is it okay with the rest of you guys if I shoot? I mean, all right? There is some of that. Like as a defender, I understand that mindset, which is like, if you're going to shoot and then there's going to be somebody open, you're going to hear it because they're like, I'm a forward. You pass me the ball. It's like, no, no. I've always said if a defender makes the run, you let them, you either pass them the ball. If the defender's going to make it all the way into the box, you better pass them the ball because they well, made that what run. Would've, what would have happened to a defender who, who shot instead of passing the ball to a wide open Robbie Keane? <laughs> he would have been killed on the spot. So, <laughs> so maybe he had a Robbie Keane in his background. But Greg also said that, you know, he did mention that, I think he repeated the word compete five times, talking about Raheem. Yep. But he also said he's going to make mistakes. He makes mistakes. He's and, going to mistakes. And you have to live with it. But, but you take that with, that's just, one of the things you take, he does so many good things right yep. that you deal with the other things and you try to educate him and make sure they don't happen again. Well, it, I mean, it's not only that. Like, whenever you're going to be an offensive threat, right? And this is any offensive player, any player who's going to get into the offensive zone, you take risks that you don't take whenever you're a defender, right? You take risks of taking people one-on-one. -on -one. This is how you create chances and create space. And as an attacker, you have a different mentality, right? An attacker has a mentality of, hey, if I fail 99 times, but I get one, then I did my job. I got the goal, right? And the defender has to have that, that I can't make any mistakes because w even one leads to one goal. And these are things that like permeate your soul whenever you're these players, right? Which is, as a defender, you can't make mistakes. Well, Raheem Edwards switches into offensive mode very well which is he takes people on he attacks he drives towards the net he creates which is not something listen we've been talking about this galaxy team kevin of who was going to create goals who was going to be the creative player the answer to that so far has been raheem edwards and in this case in this game samuel grand sir um which is crazy because greg talked about him too and saying you know with grand sir is he loves what he does but he wants more consistency from him and he needs it well now grand sir is getting the starts and it's probably better that he's getting the starts um well his assist on the second goal, I really like that one. That's the one where he chested the ball down. He spun, and it was a no-look pass. It was just like, I'm just going to put it in front of the goal. It, it, complete confidence in Chicharito to be in the right place. The right, actually, it was Koulibaly that scored on that goal, but the confidence to know that there'd be somebody there at the end of that pass. I'm just going to throw it over there and see what happens. <laughs> Marvin has a good one. This is good for the chat room. Marvin, this is excellent. Um, he says, it's like Edward asked the hottest girl in the room out, and she said, yeah, so he didn't know what to do next. That is that is Raheem Edwards right now. Yeah, I would have I would have absolutely done that. No, so, but here's a good question, though. Uh, American Blues in our chat room says, then why has Vanny turned on Julian. If he's willing to live with mistakes from Edwards, why has he turned a little bit on Julian? The answer is Julian's making defensive mistakes. Edwards makes very few of those. Edwards' mistakes usually come in turning the ball over on the offensive side of things. And so that's usually where it comes from. I'm not saying he doesn't always get back, but I mean, Edwards is one of the guys you can almost always count on getting back into a play. You're never going to doubt it. Julian Rajo, by the way, can do that too. Listen, um, I think that uh, I think Julian Rajo is going to be fine. I'm not worried about him. I think Vanny is going to teach him and coach him and do all the things. And listen, I think I think Rajo did okay in this game. Um, I think the Galaxy players did okay in this game. This is not one. If I'm I'm surprised by a couple things. I'm surprised by how missing in action Carlos Vela was in this game. Uh, he got his chances, but he was offside a lot. Yeah, four shots. Yeah, he led the team with four shots. Yeah, but I mean. Okay, so tell me the shots of consequence that happened. Are there are there any of them? I mean, he had the one well, he, he had he had the one that was a rebound. Up, he did set up the two goals. The one that was disallowed right. started with a Vela cross, right. 
and then the, the 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 goal off the throw in it was Vela's shot that led to the rebound that right. led to the goal. Which, so, which by the way comes at the expense of Nick DePew. So Nick DePew comes into the game because Derek Williams is cramping up. He needs to come out. Nick DePew comes in and literally on the throw in that happens. I don't know what like three or four minutes after DePew comes onto this game, Carlos Vela burns him on a throw in. There's a reason that we were talking about Nick DePew not starting in these games. And there's also probably a reason that the LA Galaxy are possibly shopping for a center back because I don't think that they like where they're at, um, especially not in the depth piece, and they need one more. Well, in going back to what you were talking about with Julian Araujo, remember Greg Vanny was a defender and a very good one, a national team player. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be a little harder on defenders. Um, and I think he feels like he can teach Julian Araujo some things. I, I think when players wind up in Vanny's doghouse, sometimes it's not – what it appears to be. I think Vanny with both Araujo and Kevin Cabral knows that these guys are excellent players and knows that, yes, he's probably one of the best 11. He's probably my best outside back. Cabral may be my best winger, but they're, they're not performing to their level. They're performing right. better than everybody else, but not to where they should be. And I, I don't think it's beyond Greg Vanny to try to make examples of them and, and say, yeah, you're a really good player, but you can be so much better if you just get your head out of your butt and start concentrating. And I wouldn't, I, you know, I think Vanny's smart enough and he's been successful enough. You know, that may be part of his repertoire that, uh, you know, until you start to play at the level I know you can play, I'm going to be all over you. Uh, American Blues comes back and says, you can't make Julian the face of the franchise and then turn on him. Something's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. He's been playing horribly. Just go back to the Portland game where he gets subbed on to help clean up and tighten up that game and kill that game off. Watch what kind of tackles he makes. Watch his positioning in that. That's not what Julian Araujo knows how to do. Um, it's very clear that Julian Araujo has not lived up to his expectations in the first six games of this season. Um, and so, you know, that's something that he has to deal with. The pressure's on him now. Mexico pressure, LA Galaxy pressure. He's expected to be good this year. And so far, he has not answered or rung that bell at all. I really like Julian Araujo. He is not destined to stay in this league forever. Um, but if he continues to play the way he is, the LA Galaxy will be will have him for a while because he's not playing up to the level that we've seen him even in years past. It's not like he's gotten better from last year. He's gotten worse this year than last yeah, year. Yeah, he, he, he really has fallen off. And again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Vanny is using that to motivate him. But also, I notice he's changed his hair. I think maybe the hair tint. It, it, I'm not sure no. whether... Uh, whether that's part of it, you no. know, is he, he's dropped the hair tint and, and nope. now he's trying to get back to where he used to be. Nope. Uh, Sega Koulibaly, by the way, scored his first LA Galaxy goal. Kevin, Kevin, I was going to say Kevin Araujo. That's not your name. Uh, Michael Araujo and Julian Araujo, but not, not your Kevin name. Acevedo. Kevin Acevedo, but not Kevin Baxter. Kevin Baxter, uh, he scored his first goal as an LA Galaxy player in the, uh, uh, in this game. He is now the fifth LA Galaxy player to score his first MLS goal in El Trafico. Can you name the five players? Ooh, 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 okay. Ooh, ooh. I, I know this. I know this. Did you, I know this. Now, Ready? did you look it up? No, it's not the first MLS goal. It's the first no, it, it's, Galaxy it's, goal. Yes, their first Galaxy goal. Yeah, Chris Pontius. Yes. Pavone. Uh-huh. Ethan Zubek. Uh, yep. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So there it is, Chris Pontius, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Christian oh, I did Pavone. not get Dayon. Oh, Dayon, yeah, he, yeah, he's the. I did not get him. Yep. Uh, so uh, he's the fifth LA Galaxy to score his first one. Um, so Chris Pontius, oh, Zlatan. Six. Yeah, he might be sixth. This is actually. So this, so so Sega six because you have five on that list. I didn't I, get Dayon. So so J, uh, Jason at Poi Sushi on uh, on Twitter did a re really tried to reference this and look this up. I trust his his research on this. So Pontius Ibrahimovic, Pavon. 
Cologne, Zubac, and Jovalich. And remember, see Jovalich. what the difference is: is Pontius had an MLS goal before. So right, exactly. Five players with their first MLS goal, ah. six with their first Galaxy goal. There you go. That's what it is. I love it. Okay, perfect. I'm glad you figured it out. Um, so, so that was something that I thought was interesting. There, um, I wanted to look at the passing breakdown. I want to look at the passing network. I swear to God, go to the video on this, um, and then go watch some of our other videos where we've shown you what the passing the passing network has been very, very very uniform. It has had Mark Delgado at the center of it and with uh, with Ravellison right next to him, a little bit more advanced. And then everybody else is the spoken wheel as it sort of comes out. So they're the spoke. Um, they're the center of the wheel. And then everybody else is a spoke that comes off of this. If you look at this passing network, it is a dang mess, Kevin Baxter. It is a lopsided le leaning towards the left towards Grand Sur, um, you know, uh, attacking center with Chicharito on a little tiny island out there where Efrain Alvarez tucks in the center. This is where you see the tendencies of people like uh, Victor Vasquez, who likes to roll out to the left and find the spot in the center of the field, but on the left-hand side. This is where you'd like to see Efrain Alvarez, who tucks in all the time and moves to the center of the field, which is why there should have been a lot of room for Julian Araujo to run up the right-hand side um, in this. This is where you see that Chicharito was completely disconnected for most of this match. Uh, whenever you look at sort of where everybody was positioned and how it was going. So this passing network is a mess and you hopefully will never see it again. But it's one of the reasons that the LA Galaxy are thin in central defensive midfield. It is one of the reasons they need to get a lot better in that because this is not a good passing network. You can't have Well, this. you know, Vanny has always said the guy he wants bringing the ball up, that his point guard is Marky Delgado and, and, and he was missing. By the way, when are we ever going to get to the goal? You have the, all this cool video stuff. Oh, well, oh, so you want to get to the last one? Hold on. I want to talk about Efrain Alvarez for a second, just because I've been, I was sort of taking a track at, at expected goals. The expected goals ended two to one in favor of, and it was like 2.1 to 1.1 um, for to, in favor of LAFC on this. So um, they underperformed their expected goals. The LA Galaxy outperformed their expected goals. But two of the biggest misses on the night, and listen, Williams had the biggest miss. I think it was a header or something like that that he had early in the game. It was like in the opening minutes, opening first 10, 15 minutes, and I can't remember what it was, but he had a 13.7% chance. He's a defender. Sometimes you're going to miss those. That's fine. It was his positioning, and you'd have to go back and actually look at it. But two of the biggest miss shots F. Ryan Alvarez 5.3% and 6.11% the big one the 6.1 Kevin was after Cabral danced on the sideline brought it all the way up got into the box and then went to go take a shot by the way his first cut so beautiful this guy is like the most frustrating player I've ever watched in my entire life everything is gorgeous Kevin he dances and tiptoes down the left hand sideline he passes two LAFC players he breaks out into the open the galaxy are counterattacking. this is what Greg Vanny set this team up for in the second half which was get a third goal before LAFC can get their second, right? That was the whole idea, that whole second half. So you get this, you get Efrain Alvarez, who's trailing the play with Cabral. Cabral goes to take a shot and he slips. His, his, his chance, by the way, was 0.37. Uh, because of the positioning and because of where he ran from, it was not a high scoring percent chance. So 0.37%, less than 1% chance to score from there. But that ball rebounds out to a wide open Efrain Alvarez. The ball is bouncing, but it's certainly within his wheelhouse to do something with it. And at 6.11%, he skies it over the top. Do you, do you know they score there, Kevin, as you have pointed out before? And the LA Galaxy don't have to worry about any of this yeah, other stuff? It that, doesn't matter? Yeah, the, the game is over. The, that last... A video replay doesn't matter at all. By the way, you're right about Cabral. He's a, he's frustrating because he is so brilliant at times, and then uh, you know seems so lost at other times. That's why I, I'm 
pretty sure he's going to the bench when uh, um, um, uh, Costa's healthy. I th- Grant Sear has played himself into that starting lineup. Certainly right um, now. And so, yeah, I, I, I think Cabral and, – and Cabral's shown that coming off the bench with his speed, he can be a factor. Uh, but that's not what you want a designated player to do. No, absolutely not. So – um, yeah, so we get through this entire game. We get into the eight minutes of stoppage time. I thought there were five or six minutes. That was my guess. There were eight. Uh, when they held up the eight minutes, you could hear the groan in the LA Galaxy crowd, which is always fun. And Greg Vanny giving the WTF look over to the referees. He was standing there like, eight minutes? You gotta be kidding me, right? I love I love Greg. You can always tell what he's saying, even from up in the press box. Like, you don't have to even read his lips. You could just see the way that his body is, is, is acting on that. So um, it all comes down basically to that last eight minutes. And about seven and a half minutes into that, you get the play, the play that everybody's talking about, the play that everybody wants to argue about, Kevin, um, which I think there's very little argument about. I'm sure people will find a way. And by the way, I say people, there is uh, there is one half of this game that is complaining. And then most of MLS looks at it and goes, yeah, that's obvious. It's offside. Uh, We didn't know what they were looking at, though, in the press box. We had no idea because we're trying to figure it out. And it was chaos in the press box. We knew it was crazy. I had already got up as soon as I saw the goal. And then as soon as um, Penso gave the VAR signal headed up, I ran over to Scott French because I'm like, we're going to have to have a pool reporter question because we have no idea what's about to happen. Um, And he's like, yeah, we'll see what it comes up to. And it ended up being ruled offside. Well, it was interesting, too. But It was one of those calls where Penso was sure that there was a goal and ruled that there was a goal and then came back to midfield and paused. I mean, if he restarts the game, there's there's nothing there's there's nothing to talk about. But he pauses. And that's when everyone thought, well, wait a minute. There might be there's going to be a review on this. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, and I'm on the right hand side of the so I'm on the far side of the press box, which is on the far side of the um, of of the the halfway line. So I have to look all the way across the field because it's in front of a Victoria block in order to see this. So my angle is horrible. I can't see any of what is going on here. And it's a very broken play whenever you look at it. So Vela gets the ball into the box and whips in a cross. That cross hits Latif Blessing in the center of it. Um, and when you look at that, you, you thought that maybe they thought that Latif blessing was offside in this particular case. He will be offside. He just wasn't offside in the initial ball. The ball kind of like goes through his legs and like bounces off his thigh and then goes back and hits Nick Depew up in the arm. But Depew's arm is tucked in. So it's not a, it's not a handball. And I know there are people trying to say that that's a handball. It's not a handball. He doesn't, and he doesn't even know it's coming to him. It's just sort of up there. It bounces off his shoulder and then goes out to fall now here's the thing whenever blessing touches that ball kevin fall is in an offside position we talked to raheem edwards afterwards and he said i knew that the guy was offside he was my guy and it was like how did he get behind me and do it now raheem was you know uh, had a lot more faith in var at this particular time than i think that most people would have but the bottom line here is that fall is offside and he's very clearly offside. There's not much to argue within the laws of the game. People want to try and say, Kevin, that whenever uh, Depew touches it, that it resets things. But we have to be very clear on what a deflection is and what a play is. And because of the amount of time and the distance between both Blessing and Depew and Depew's motion just running back with the play as it goes, there's no play for Depew to actually move his body or try to get anywhere in that. So it just deflects off of him. That's why it doesn't reset the play. So that's the first thing. So falls offside. Now, uh, Pro did a great job because they released the audio from the VAR. Then they The audio, by the way, if, if you listen to this on Twitter, the audio is great because it's Penso talking to the video replay official and talking about what they see. And Penso has no doubt at all. He makes his decision 
within seconds. Right. There's no doubt. There's no gray area at all for Chris Penso in this call. This isn't one of those things, by the way, because lots of people say, well, if you have to look at it for that long, it's not clear and obvious. Penso looked at it for all 10, 12 seconds, was like, oh, he's offside. Okay, cool. And then they don't even go into the next phase of this, Kevin, which if fall isn't offside, let's say Depew resets that play. If fall isn't offside, then whenever he shoots the ball, Blessing is offside. Actually, there's another LAFC. Was that Arango as well? That is also offside because there are three LAFC players that are in offside position in this and two of them become active during this play. And so whenever Fall takes his shot, the ball then again, it goes off to Pew again. Depew saves the ball, right? And people want to say, well, he resets it then. But Pro is very clear that in the laws of the game, it says that if you're a defender, close to the goal line and you're trying to stop a ball. It's not considered playing the ball. It's considered saving the ball. Okay. And so Depew is saving the ball in this, which doesn't reset blessing again, which means that when blessing touches the ball and then toe pokes it, he's offside. So there are two offside calls in this and it's clear and obvious. It's not hard to see. These aren't, once you understand what you're trying to look for and pro explains it and listen, they know the laws way better than I do. But once they show it, it's very clearly Offside. We're going to get to you, Kevin. I just want to finish this because I did launch, as I said I would, with Scott French, who is another pool reporter. We launched a question to the referees and asked the referees what they saw. Here is their response taken directly from the email. It says a review for offside was recommended by the VAR. VAR looks at it, right? They say there's somebody's offside. We think that, by the way, there's not just one guy offside. There's two guys offside. And the, the VAR knew that as well. He showed Penso the first one and he got it. So he says a review for offside was recommended by the VAR. The referee was shown clear evidence that in the buildup prior to the goal being scored, LAFC's number five fall was in a clear offside position when the ball was last touched by an attacker, which in this instance was LAFC's number seven. They don't have to go to the second offside. They don't have to tell us about it because it doesn't matter. The first offside was called and that was the end of the play. So the argument, and again, I think for a very small set of people is, well, you can't have VAR deciding these games. Okay. Now I, I'm, I'm going to let you give your, your point. The, the argument would have to switch for you, though, if you're an LAFC fan, because you want VAR to intervene on Carlos Vela's first goal. You just didn't like it whenever they intervened on the second goal. Is Do you feel like VAR is too involved in the game, Kevin, and you'd like to get it out? Well, I, I do, but I, on, on, I thought it was very interesting what PRO, the pre professional referees organization, did with this. They felt so confident in what Chris Penso did that they not only released the video with all the little um, that wasn't stuff that you put in there, no. all those little captions that right. that was what pro did pro released that within 24 hours of the game, released that with the audio of Penso and the, and the VAR officials talking about it. So they were very clear that this was a textbook example of how VAR was supposed to work. Pro was very proud of this. And if there were any gray area, if there was anything that anyone could point out as a mistake, they wouldn't have done that. Okay. Having said that, um, I, I think my uh, in inclination is to sort of back off on, on some in every sport. Back off the you know players make mistakes. Referees are not allowed to make mistakes, and I understand that 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 you know their calls may have more of an effect. But you know if a shortstop makes an error, he doesn't get to do it over again. He doesn't get to look at a video and see where the ball is bouncing. It's an error. But you know the officials get to look at these things, and sometimes uh, this is not a good example of this. It I is not a like good, good, good. It is not a good example of this because if this stands, Kevin, you have two guys who are offside. Can you imagine the outrage that would be going on right knowing no, that the I, referees I, I, missed this? And again, I say this is not a good example of it, but but I, I just I, I just don't like the idea of of great. You 
you know, well-played, emotional, exciting games that we stop and we look at a TV replay and then we say, what you just saw didn't really happen. What This is what really happened. And, and I think probably part of my prejudice for this goes back to the Women's World Cup in 2019 in France where there was a lot of, of calls that were overturned or, or that went to VAR. And it got to the point where the officials were not making calls because they knew that there was going to be a, a VAR review. And it's like, why make a call here when I'm going to be proven wrong? Let's just let the play happen and then we'll look at the VAR. That's not what this is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be clear and obvious, and in this case it was. But at that point, they were actually going back to the buildup, going 50 yards upfield to look at the buildup of a goal. Um, and, it, you know, at one point, one of the officials said, yes, the player is off by just a millimeter. It's a fraction of an inch, but that player is offside. It's like, you know, being offside is like being pregnant. Either you are or you aren't. There isn't there isn't degree. You can't be just a little offside and let it go. Um, I, you know, I just sometimes I think that these players are moving so fast that this game is going so fast. There's one referee in the middle of the field for 22 players. Yes, they have ARs, but uh, it's the one sport where there are way more players than there are officials. And it's just it's very hard to do that. Maybe we need other officials. But just stopping a, an exciting game and saying what you saw didn't really happen. We're going to break it down infinitesimally. We're going to blow this photo up. We're going to see this guy was was offside by uh, you know the 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 blade of a, a piece of grass. Uh, I, I don't. I, I just don't want sports to be that perfect. I guess. I guess. I but, guess that's but, my old time review. So so so. But your your argument doesn't even like come into this. This is not. I mean, this was. This is why VAR was made. This was the exact reason why VAR was made. Look where the ball comes from. It comes from Vela on the near side. The AR is on the far side. So the guy trying to call offside can't see when the ball is kicked because he's shielded by three or four or five players. So he can't see it. Penso can't help him in this case either. Penso's trailing the play as he should be. So this is like, this is exactly why VAR was made. This is exactly why we do it. This is exactly why if there was VAR, Thierry Henry doesn't get the handball and knock the Irish out of a World Cup, right? That's not... Yeah, I mean, I think there are, there's that call. I think the one that really led to VAR was in the 2010 World Cup when England lost a goal, um, uh, or Germany scored a goal against England, and, or maybe it was England lost a goal. It was England-Germany game, and there was a goal that actually scored landed inside the goal, but bounced out so quickly uh, that referee did not see it. There was no goal line technology at the point. Right. It, was, it, it wasn't ruled a goal. And people said that, you know, everyone, a billion people around the world saw that. And we need to, we need to correct that. I, I get it. I mean, I, I, I don't really have an answer for that. I'm just uh, venting my frustration that, um, you know, that the players get to make mistakes, the referees uh, do make mistakes. And, and then, you know, again, stopping a very exciting game and say we're going to break this down, you know, frame by frame. And, and this Galaxy game was not the perfect example of this, but we've all seen them, especially in the Premier League, when they break down some of those offside calls. And the guy, it's his shadow that's offside. Yeah, go, but, oh, yeah, but in, in, yeah, but the English Premier League, they're literally using like lines where they're drawing. The MLS doesn't do that. Right. MLS has a better version of VAR than what happens in the English Premier League. We all agree that we all agree that there are there are there are times whenever something's not clear and obvious. For instance, the first Vela goal where it's a header. If the referee doesn't put his flag up, maybe the referee had a better view than anybody. And he saw that Vela was offside. Maybe he's right. We don't know because we don't have a camera right where he was and we don't have one on the line. Right. So maybe he was absolutely right. And he got that call right. 
But if he doesn't put his flag up, that's a goal. It's clear and easy. It's clear. And, you, I there's, think there's we can no, all agree that Raheem Sterling scored the winning goal against Liverpool <laughs> on Sunday, and it shouldn't have been brought back by VAR. That, yeah. that was not an offside call. Yes, exactly. That's 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 what you, that's really what you're angry about, isn't it? That's that. It was that one. Um, so, well, and I, I do think that I don't know how you would change the game, but you know, ref uh, basketball has added an extra referee. Football has what's uh, uh, just a ton of officials on the field, as they should be with all those players. Um, you know, hockey added in an extra official um they don't they don't I mean, there's still going with one guy there's there's not i mean they have three and the linesman has to look all the way across the field sure you can put another guy on the other side and you can add two more linesmen so that way they can cover that a little bit better and maybe perhaps that's a better look um you know that they get a better view at this and they can see it this is why VAR was made. They made the correct call, and there should be no controversy about it. It's the clearest. It's easy to understand. They broke it down. They gave you a chart. Everything is fine. The LA Galaxy would have been screwed, right, if they got that because they missed two offside calls. That's really what happened here is the referees missed two offside calls. I understand why it happened, but they missed two offside calls in one play and didn't blow the whistle. What would have happened? I'll be honest. I'm glad it played out that way much better than I am if the referee had flagged it during the play. Because if they flagged it during the play, then there needed to be evidence to overturn that, right? Basically, oh, it's offside, and I said so. And then everybody would have been like, oh, it's like the same thing with Vela in the first one. That's not what happened at all. They let it play out. They saw it. They said, "We're nope, not touching it. By the way, correct for referees. Let the game play out. Let's figure it out after. And in this particular case, it's so close, I'm not sure anybody saw where it was. Again, the referee shielded on almost the entire play. So, I still think my 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 point is valid. It's one middle aged guy, one middle aged guy cannot be responsible for sprinting up and down a field with Olympic sprinters for ninety minutes. It's just not going to happen. You you are not going to see. You everything. argue one guy, and there's three of them out there. In fact, there's four officials out there. So there's a fourth official, two linesmen, and a center referee. Stop saying it's one guy. It's four guys, and they see a lot of things. They're not going to see it all. Not on that big a well, field. I've never seen an AR give out a yellow card. Uh, they uh, Chicharito got a yellow card from an AR. He didn't hand out the yellow card. He told Chris Penso to hand out the yellow card. That's how that happened. All right. So again, these things, these are all in conjunction. They even gave you the communication to show how they were communicating. In this case, they have two more guys. I just gave you six guys from your one. You're arguing there's one. There's six people who are watching this game. I only saw one guy in the middle of the field. <laughs> Those other guys are on the sidelines. I saw them on the sidelines. Oh. There was a guy up in the booth with us. But um, there's there's only one guy in the middle, and 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 again, he's trying to keep up with Kevin Cabral for ninety minutes. Uh, yeah, um, Galaxy win two to one on a gutsy performance. Again, tactics out the window. Uh, this was not a good game tactically from the LA Galaxy. It's probably one of their worst that they played. Uh, that being said, they get the win over LAFC. I am still shocked and amazed LAFC hasn't beaten the LA Galaxy at Dignity Hill Sports Park. It defies logic, except if there is a mental sort of hitch, and they've even gotten rid of a lot of players that may well, still have that. It's a it's mental hitch. A lot, every time the Galaxy wins, especially like this, it's going to get bigger. Do, By the way, I thought Greg Vanny was really interesting after the game. Someone asked him about the call and he said, I, I, I went out to shake hands with the, the referees and they were surrounded by a bunch of people and I couldn't get through. I don't know what they were talking about. <laughs> Greg, yeah, Greg, if that goes the other way, I bet you, you, Greg, you find out what they're talking about real quick. I love whenever Greg pokes the bear, but he does it like keeping a straight face. He's like, I don't know what they're talking about. He's like, he's like, I know exactly what they were talking about. He's like, I don't know why everybody's complaining. Uh, offside is black and white. It's it's not really that hard to figure yeah, out. No, he said there's no gray there. And he's right. He's right. Like. <laughs> 
like they said in the 2019 World Cup, you can only, you can't be a little pregnant or a little offside. Yep. You either are or you are not. Uh, the results of this game find Samuel Grandsir making the team of the week. Um, within that, uh, uh, Chicharito also made the bench on this one. I'm surprised that um, the Raheem Edwards didn't make this one. But as you pointed out, Kevin, and usually point out, they always go with three in the back. And of course, Dave Romney has to be on the on the team of the Galaxy week. Galaxy alumni. Yeah, Galaxy alum uh, Dave Romney is in there. But Grant Sear makes the team of the week. Chicha makes the bench with his goal. Now, uh, league leading, tied for the league leading uh, goals. And then you have uh, Raheem Edwards leading in assists. We've talked about that already. Um, we, we like to pretend like we're not paying any attention to what Chicharito's doing so far so we're just going to put this chart we're up just like the mexican national team yeah it doesn't make any difference to us <laughs> eyes closed right this is the mexican national team whenever chicharito is playing up oh, i don't i don't even know who who chicharito who i don't know who that is um but we like to pretend that we're not keeping track of what chicharito is doing because it's only six games into this uh and he only has five goals in six games and only 523 minutes played and that means that he basically is scoring 0.83 goals per game right now and his minutes per goal is right at 105 and if you were paying attention to all that kevin then you might notice that the 105 minutes and the 0.83 goals per game would put him somewhere in between landon donovan and robbie Keane on the all-time season goal scoring list if he makes it that many games uh by the way landon donovan played 25 games uh in 2008 and got 20 goals uh robbie Keane played 24 games in 2015 and got 20 goals so but landon played more minutes he did play more minutes uh, and landon also was a midfielder and not a forward but landon always got up top and was scoring goals so that wasn't a thing so we're not saying you should pay attention to any of this certainly you shouldn't pay attention to the fact that zlatan ibrahimovic uh, was scoring 1.03 goals per game and averaged one goal every 87 minutes. Uh, Chicharito's not in that league, so uh, it's one of those things where you can't... You, we, again, we're paying no attention to this whatsoever, and we refuse to. Uh, by the way, Raphael gives us a uh, $10 super chat, says, let me get this in before their show ends. Great show, guys. See you on Saturday. Oh, good. Well, see, somebody, we're going to have one person there on Saturday. There we go. Uh, very good. Um, we're also not paying attention to the designated player minutes so far. Uh, the total available minutes so far for the LA Galaxy's designated players is 1,620. Of those 1,620, the LA Galaxy's designated players have played 1,165, which is just about 72% of the total available minutes. We're not paying attention to that after six games. Um, That's going to go down, by the way. I, I think Cabral is a bench player for a while. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, well, I think I think he's going to be there until he learns how to score. That's for sure. Um, I think he's still super valuable, so I would like to see him play more. But if Grant Sear is going to be consistent like he is, if he's going to continue what he showed against LAFC, and if he can do that for 65, 70 minutes, then I have no problems putting uh, Grant Sear in there. Uh, LA Here's the uh, New York skyline again, the yeah. New York skyline graphic. The LA Galaxy averaging right now 2.00 points per game, Kevin. Does that mean anything? Not really. Um, away is 2.00 points per game as well. They have the same record home as they do away. Uh, if we track the LA Galaxy's points per game, uh, or excuse me, points uh, total after six games, you can see if we if we sort of put them against all other MLS Cup winning teams that they are within those cones right now. means nothing after six games, so we don't pay attention to that. Cone of probability for those of you who have ever lived in Florida. Yep, the cone of probability. That's right. Right now, the Galaxy are within that cone of probability. If we go and we look at the LA Galaxy with 12 points through six games, this would mean it's the seventh fastest start or the seventh best start for the LA Galaxy in their history. Uh, equal they, to last year. Equal, which, again, should be a warning sign for everybody, right? 
we've talked about this. We've talked about the starts. They had the same number of points in 2022 right now as they did in 2021. Do you remember how you felt at this point through six yeah, games how in 2021? They the, how'd, they do in the, how'd they do in the playoffs in 2021? Exactly. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I said we already talked about it. 2.0 points per game is above their 1.52 points per game overall average. We won't talk about that too much. This is always interesting. We continue to talk about it. Right now, the LA Galaxy are projected to score 51 goals in a 34-game season after scoring nine goals in their first six games and they have given up six goals in six games well i can do the math on that one that if we project that out over 34 games kevin they will give up 34 goals now that 34 goals would be like 20 goals better than what they finished in 2021 here's a prediction i think that they are going to score more than 51 goals i really think that this team has a chance to score a lot of goals but i i i know they're going to give up more than 34 goals i'm i'm thinking it's going to be mid to high 40s so uh right now if you look at the goals scored last year it would be 50 the goal the goals conceded last year was 54 so again 34 54 is 20 it's 20 goals difference i agree with you kevin 10 maybe 10 goals better 10 goals better by the way would be a drastic improvement for this LA galaxy yes, it would be uh, but i also think they're going to score a lot of goals i just think this team is not Firing on all cylinders when it comes. I mean, when you get cost out there, when Cabral figures this stuff out, Grant Sears got a lot of confidence now. When Raheem Edwards decides he's allowed to shoot at that big target, um, I think you're going to score a lot of goals. Yeah, somebody needs to give him the green light, I think. Maybe that's all he needs. He just needs a signal. Green light. You can do it. Go ahead. Um, so I think all Galaxy fans should just yell, shoot whenever he gets in the box, right? Give him that confidence. Tell him to shoot. Um, right now, undefe- undefeated, in April. undefeated in April, the LA Galaxy, uh, 3.00 points on average in the month of April. We'll see if that continues. LA Galaxy obviously taking off to Chicago, which we just told you would is, is going to be a very difficult game. Look at the this Eastern Conference. Their second undefeated month of the year. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right now it is. This, yeah. this one's a lot harder to keep than February, which was win one game. Um, if we look at the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia was 16 points. They are your supporter shield leaders. Uh, they are clear head and shoulders above everybody else right now. Um, as it stands, 2.67 points per game is where they're at. Orlando is second. So remember the Orlando loss, and it wasn't a good loss, and the Galaxy d- didn't like it. But Orlando is doing okay in the Eastern Conference. I don't think they're great. Um, but they're doing okay. New York Red Bulls at 10 points are doing okay. I thought New York was going to be horrible. I watched them in preseason. I was like, nope, they don't have it. Well, speaking of New York, look at the defending champs down there at the bottom. Yep. Uh, yeah. New England revolution on the same number of points as Miami. Um, You want want me to give my trivia thing on there? Yes. Bruce arena has lost four games for the first time in his 18 year MLS career. Yeah. Four games in a four games in the first six games. Oh, in a four, row? It's four, four in a row. Four consecutive games. Four wow. consecutive games. Wow. Never lost four consecutive games. Amazing. Um, let's see. So we got that. I want to try. I have to go back and find my spot well, again. Um, you got to do the Western Conference. Stadiums. Yeah, I was. I, yeah, I, I got go. it. Uh, right now, LAFC in first with 13 points. The Galaxy closed the gap on that uh, with 12 points. LAFC with 2.17 points per game. LA Galaxy with two. RSL, who's played one more game than the LA Galaxy, sitting at 12 points as well, but with a 1.71 points per game. Austin. Dallas, Houston, the entire state of Texas is above the playoff line, and I'm not sure how to handle that. Uh, Eric, yeah, Eric, Eric, I, he, I told Eric, and I go, I go, all the Texas teams are above the playoff line. He goes, what a time to be a Texan. Um, and so he has that. By the way, Eric was out at the GA Cup today and watched uh, the Galaxy play a little bit and saw uh, Alex Akala. Uh, play and he goes you know what he's pretty good so just just sort of throwing that out there right now I saw Curtin Alfo too 
Um, so uh, Kurt was out there at the at the GA Cup uh, uh, being played out in Texas right around uh, Frisco, um, all the fields around uh, FC Dallas Stadium out there. The crazy thing here is, Kevin, we go through these playoff teams, right? Portland playoff team, Colorado playoff team, Minnesota. They were a playoff team last year or no? Seattle. Yep. Okay. Minnesota was Seattle was Kansas City um, and then not Vancouver, and not San Jose. But San Jose, the only winless team in MLS. Oh, lucky them. I I, I imagine they're going to stay that way. I think Almeida's checked out already. I think he can leave in Vancouver June, right? Was gonna, I thought Vancouver was going to be good this year. You you say that every year. Um, so. No, no. I thought they, they carried some momentum from the way they finished last year. I, I really thought that they had a chance to do something. Obviously not. San Jose is just a, a mess. But but you're right. I mean, look at those other teams. Portland, Colorado. I don't know about Colorado. Portland, Minnesota, Seattle, and probably Kansas, Kansas City. City. They're going to come up. I, I I predict big falls for the entire state of Texas. Johnny Russell, by the way, after the game uh, on this weekend for Sporting Kansas City, actually went into the stands and was screaming at at, at some fans. It was really interesting. So that was that was fun for them. So that's how, that's how their season's going. But players, their players are jumping into the stands to yell at fans. Oh. Speaking of fans, I, I should slip this in. The Galaxy and, and Dignity Hill Sports Park said that there were no arrests at at uh, at the game this weekend, El Trafico, which we know is unusual for El Trafico. There were no arrests, so that's good. Um, maybe the players uniting on that PSA. And by the way, you know, you see the fans arguing and fighting and doing all those things. If you watch the players come on the field, they have some total respect for each other. Vela and Chicharito, big hug. Um, um, Sanchez and, and Victor Vasquez, who were boyhood friends in Barcelona, hugged and spent some time. Everybody from LAFC came over to say hello to Raheem yeah, Edwards. But right. there, there were no arrests. Um, there were uh, more than a dozen people thrown out of the stadium for violating MLS and stadium rules. Some of those uh, people that were thrown out apparently were uh, in, involved in some some pretty violent physical things, but they were arrested. were just ejected. Yeah, shenanigans um, for sure. So that was there. Um the other, the other thing, the 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 thing we didn't get to talk about was actually the coin flip, and they had video of it on Fox. And you know, I, I'm really interested to see how the uh, television numbers did for that game. By the way, it's usually pretty high, and those are exciting games. So interested to see that. But there was this video of Chicharito laughing at Carlos Vela and Vela laughing back, like sort of ah ha ha ha, like laughing at him a little bit. And so Katia uh, Castorena um, actually asked. Chicharito that question I think it was in Spanish but she told me what he said because I need all the help I can get um, but she said basically Chicharito went up there and said to, said to Carlos Vela it's like you're going to lose this coin flip right and Vela says no that doesn't happen I don't lose coin flips and Chicharito is like you're going to lose today you're going to lose this coin flip right and they're sort of like egging each other on and then they flip the coin and Chicharito won the coin flip right and that was the laugh so he's already like ah <laughs> I won the coin flip and you lost like it was sort of one of those but when you think about Chicharito and the comparison between those two in this game Here's Chicharito, and I know he likes Carlos Vela. I know that they're friends. I know that they have that that bond there. But Remember, this- they came up together. They played as boys. Like we're talking about grade school boys together at the Chivas Youth Academy. So they've known each other for twenty. 20- of 25, 30 years. Yeah. And so, so clearly there is a, there is a respect and, and, you know, a brotherhood that they have there and it's fine. But Chicharita doing the, doing the dirty work early, Kevin, already trying to get into Vela's head. You never lose a coin toss where you're going to lose right now. And he lost. And that was really, that was the start of Carlos Vela's bad day. Um, I think Carlos Vela probably wishes he probably just would have stayed. The good news is though, is that Chicharito talked to us afterwards and he was, he was wanted to talk about everything and he was in a good mood and he was happy with just the way that everybody fought and all that stuff. And then Carlos Vela came out and said, what did he say, Kevin? He didn't say anything. Oh. Carlos Vela has not spoken all season. 
And, you know, yeah, you're right. We get a lot of the the media people, um, you know, rightly get tarred with the, uh, the brush that, oh, you guys just think everyone should talk to you. It's all about you. Not really. He's the captain. He, they just lost the first game of the season. They lost on a controversial ending. You you rightly point out the video shows that it was the right call, but it's still controversial. Yep. Um, he had two two shots or two goals called back for offsides. He had another one. He hit the post. He is the captain. He's the best paid player in MLS. He should come and speak for his team. Instead, they had Ely Sanchez uh, and they had another player who just was acquired in a in a winter trade. So two players who weren't even on this team before, never played in a derby before, the a tropical derby, had to come and try to explain, and a coach who hadn't been here before. Yep. Three newbies had to come and explain what this game meant to LAFC when the longest tenured player on the team, the best paid player in MLS, and the guy who wears the captain's armband should be ex- accepting the responsibility uh, to come and, and be accountable. And I, I didn't see him in the video celebrating the blessing goal. No. Nope. Short-lived blessing goal. I did not see him arguing with Chris Penso, even though he had the armband on. There were four or five other LAFC players who, who uh, you know, surrounded Penso and argued for that call to go the other way. Carlos Vela was not one of them. But, you know, getting back to Chicharito, he said something that was really interesting. He said, I don't want you, meaning us, the, the media, I don't want you guys to focus on how the game ended. I don't want you to focus on the VAR call. He said, I want you to focus on how we played and how we came back and how we gutted this out. Um, This was not a game that was decided by the VAR. This was a game decided uh, on guts by the Galaxy, the way that we played, that we never quit. It was teamwork. He really wanted the accent to be on the way that the team played uh, and not the way that the game ended. Uh, But I should point out, Carlos Vela did talk to Fox pregame. Um, but he, it was just for Fox. It was just that. And then it was pregame pregame is easy. Like what? I hope we play well. And you know, I, I, I don't count that as when, when I, a lot of times what I say is didn't speak publicly. I don't count that as publicly. That's Correct. a, a re a, a prearranged one person, one question. That's not public. Yep. That's, that's a private conversation that just happened to be videotaped. <laughs> As it goes. Uh, let's close this up. So LA Galaxy get the win. Uh, we talked about it now. Second in the Western Conference, third in the Supporter Shield. Uh, Galaxy coming up on Tuesday, April 19th. The LA Galaxy will host San Diego Loyal. That's Landon Donovan's San Diego Loyal. Uh, coming up, that is April 19th, 7.30 p.m., Dignity Health Sports Park. I can confirm to you that the LA Galaxy will play on the main stadium uh, Although they sent out a release today saying that they would. What? What? They did say Dignity Health Sports Park. They didn't say the track stadium. So Don't they usually so designate track stadium. They usually do, but I also clarified that because Dignity Health Sports Park is also a complex, and so you could say that they're playing at Dignity Health Sports Park even when they're playing at the track and field stadium. So I checked. They will play at the main stadium. It is the main stadium. That is where they're going to play. So that's where that's unusual. So they're going to play behind the Landon Donovan statue. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're going Landon to Landon will be there in flesh and blood and in bronze. Uh, season ticket members will get free tickets to this game. So if you're a season ticket member, you don't want to use your tickets. Give them to somebody to use. That's what we always say. You're getting free tickets. You're going to get them. They're not there yet. So stop freaking out. I already I already said, hey, make sure you give up your tickets if you're not going to use them. Everybody's like, I didn't get my tickets yet. It's like, yeah, they're going to they'll be out out this week. Uh, but the LA Galaxy versus San Diego Loyal, this will be the first time these two games meet up in an official match. Um, and it's fun because Landon Donovan's the coach. 
Um, and so uh, for San Diego Loyal. And apparently San Diego Loyal are put, taking a couple buses up for this game. It's I imagine it's going to be a ton of fun. You want to be at this game. This is going to be one of those you don't want to miss. So Tuesday night, April 19th, 7.30 p.m., you need to be at Dignity Health Sports Park. So get your tickets. If you have to buy them, you have to buy them. But go around and ask. There's going to be some people out there who have them. So what do you think the chances are that Landon, in the second half, if it's close, just rips off his sweatsuit and underneath he's got a he's got a kid on and he runs out and plays. Uh yeah, I'm sure that's what he's going to do. I already said he's going to play for San Diego in the first half and then he will play uh for the LA Galaxy in the second uh, second half. That's the only fair way to do it. Um I know you're getting a lot of emails. I'm sorry we're keeping you so late and keeping you up. We'll end the Wait, show here. Oh yeah, yeah what do you think? Yeah. Wait, you don't have a microphone. There's no headphones in. Well, the I, sound I, is coming out. You you can probably hear the air I have no idea this is a hotel room. I have no idea how the air conditioner works. I'm going to freeze to death tonight. You heard that humming. That's the air conditioner. I have no idea how it works. Oh my goodness. There's there's a, there's a, there's so much that we need to work on every single show with you. I'm like, "Hey yeah. Kevin, just mute yourself before the show and then whenever I introduce you just unmute yourself." I don't know how to do that. Do you want me doing that? I'll probably hang up on myself. And I'm like, "Yes, this is true. You probably will." Maybe I can get like a little thing and just, you know, tape and put it over my mouth. That doesn't work. You like rattle and tap and you're the loudest like you have no concept of what makes noise and what like is on a recording everything is on a recording i can hear everything um and i won't clean it up either because i'm too lazy to do that uh la galaxy versus chicago fire coming up on saturday april 16th 5 p.m tv time 508 p.m kickoff time so definitely a local tv we'll tell you where you can find that we are expecting that to be spectrum we have not gotten that official news release however that says that so just stand by we'll figure it out whenever it happens but right now we're assuming I'm assuming that it's going to be on Spectrum, so be prepared for that. But we've already told you that you need to be down with us in Torrance for this this ribbon cutting ceremony for the sports complex open, the LA Galaxy Sports Complex that's opening for this for the youth parties, the youth clinics, and for the viewing party. And from three thirty to four thirty p.m., we're going to give you a live show. If you come to this, we yeah. can guarantee that you will not miss the game, whether it's on Spectrum or where it is. There yeah. will be a viewing party. You will not miss the game. Yeah, you say that and watch like the projector dies and all of a sudden we're all scrambling for a bar um, to go watch somewhere. So, yeah. Projector? What is this, 1970? What do you... We, oh, my God. What do you think happens outside? You think you think they're just going to bring out like big screen TVs? They're going to put a projector up, smart guy. No, a couple of 19-inch TVs, put them around. <laughs> Black and white with some yeah. rabbit ears? Yeah. You can pick that Those up. People uh, stand around and watch? Not a problem. Um, I have no idea. Marvin asks us if we can bring lawn chairs on Saturday. I have no idea, Marvin. Excellent question. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, I, B Lint, by the way, asks if you're staying at the Cecil hotel, do not answer that question, Kevin. This is one of these times when I'm telling you that if that's correct or not correct, you do not answer that question. It doesn't well, matter. My motel, my motel has six in the name. <laughs> Good job, Kevin. Way to, you know what? You deserve, you deserve to be harassed. That's all I'm saying is everybody knows. Tell Marvin, just put the lawn chair in the trunk <laughs> and if you get to use them, then you can pull them out. Yeah, there's probably plenty of parking around there, right? There's a lot of fields and stuff like that. So anyway, hopefully we'll see everybody uh, out there on Saturday. We'll have a live show on Thursday that gets you ready for the game against Chicago. Going to be an interesting one. Super interesting. Haven't played Chicago for a little bit, it feels like. So uh, it'll be fun to sort of see that game uh, be played out. Might be windy. Never never know. Windy City. Might be windy. Could be. Could be cold, maybe. Or it could be hot. We're in springtime. I, I think the last time they went to Chicago was uh, when Zalatan was playing against... Um, the Fire? Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Bastion Schweinsteiger. And they were still playing at Toyota Stadium. Yeah, yeah, and they were still at Toyota. That's where he scored his what, like 700th goal or 500th goal? What was it? But no, that was in Toronto. Oh, that was against Toronto. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. You're absolutely right. Um. All right. But we're he good. played against Bastion Schweinsteiger in that game in That's, Chicago. I remember. I was at that game. It was about 14 degrees. It was. It was a good time. Good time. You sat inside. Don't be whining. You were well, inside a press I box. Did. You were. It was cold for them. <laughs> exactly. All right. Are you good? Can we get out of this? Uh, the air conditioner just came on again. It's definitely time. All right, uh, Kevin, why don't, uh, I was going to say, Kevin, tell people where they can find you, but you don't do that. I do that for you. That's right. I'll, I'll figure it out. All right, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, please head on over to at KBaxter11, and please, please, please head on over to the LA Times. Read all of Kevin's articles. Had a good one on El Trafico there that you're probably going to want to read, so check out that, latimes.com, and subscribe to Kevin's newsletter. Uh, it comes out. Larry edits it, so it's readable. That's always nice. Uh, and Kevin does a good job sort of wrapping everything up and putting everything together. So go find, go follow Kevin on Twitter. Go to LA Times. Get subscribed to his newsletter. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Post-game press conference is there. Article recap is there. All that fun stuff is there for you, so you can do it. And we're going to see you out at the live show on Saturday for the LA Galaxy's block party. We're going to be there from 3.30 to 4.30, doing a live show, getting you ready for that Chicago game. All right. I think that about does it for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter. I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.